Welcome to the Bunker Hill Cheesecast, brought to you by Heine's Cheese Chalet, a little place with big taste. I'm Missy Horsfall, Director of Tourism Relations. Long known for their work ethic, Amish have built a reputation for craftsmanship not only in furniture making, but also in construction. Amish-built custom homes are in demand due to their quality of work. All details are attended to with care. Cutting corners, prefabrication, all of that is basically unheard of in an Amish-built home, often building faster and for less money than traditional contractors. Although Amish build for non-Amish, with standard wiring and electricity, they build their own homes without it. Many Amish denominations allow their members to buy homes that are already wired and give them time to convert to other power sources. While homes are not wired for electricity, Some of their businesses are, and that depends on their church affiliate and the rules or ordnung allowed by their bishops. In general, Amish homes are much like English homes with a few exceptions. Today, we'll ask someone who grew up in an Amish home what that looked like. My guest today on the podcast is a familiar friend, Esther Slaybaugh. Welcome back, Esther. Hi, Missy, and it's good to be back. I am really excited that you decided to come back and be on the podcast. One of the reasons is I know you, we have a friendship, so I feel like I can ask you maybe questions that I might not just ask anyone about being Amish, because that is your background. You just actually, what, in the last two, three years? It's actually four years. It's four years now. End of January, four years ago, we left the Amish. Okay, so you were raised in the Amish and... I just feel really comfortable asking you questions, and I know our listeners will love hearing a little bit about what it was like growing up to be Amish. So if you're willing to come back, I have uh, lots of topics and things to talk <laughs> about, okay? And I'm almost not sure where to start, but let's, let's just begin by talking about what it was like a day in the life of a, a young Amish person. Your family did not have electricity, correct? No, we did not have electricity. For me as a child, and I will say that this is my story, what happened to me and how it was for me. I love that because truthfully, the Amish culture is just like every other culture in the world. Yes, People are people and even people raised in the same household sometimes tell different stories about, you know, growing up because we're all different. We all have different personalities. And in the Amish culture, there are different churches and different ordinances and ordnungs. So it could be totally different for someone else. Yes. It's very hard to just make a cookie cutter print of someone who's raised Amish, but it is very different from the culture I grew up in. So I find it fascinating. So I love that you're willing to come and tell us your story about growing up Amish. We could call this, and I saw this somewhere, so it's not new, but Amish 101, right? Absolutely, we can. One thing that I will say is I know that a lot of people look at the Amish as a religion. And just lately, I actually saw this somewhere. It was on Facebook. I saw that someone said that they were approached and asked about being Amish, if that's a religion. And they answered so beautifully. They said, no, Amish is not a religion. I'm a Christian. Amish is just a way of life. A way of life. I love that. So it's kind of a culture, actually. It's a, it is. It's a culture. It's, a that, culture. That's... It's, not a, it's not a religion. It's a way of life. I heard one man, and I've said this before in the podcast, but The focus is on faith, family, and community. And when you understand that's the priority of living in the Amish way of life, it puts everything into perspective and gives a clear understanding of maybe why they do what they do and how they live how they live. And I love that picture. I think that's really cool. And I think it's one of the things that fascinates people 
it's so different because our culture at large has so much has changed in in many ways wonderful ways and in some ways not so wonderful so the things i think they appreciate is the amish culture seems to really narrow in on what's important yes. and focus on the simpler life and i think that's really cool yes that is absolutely true one thing that i will say is that the amish not all amish families are the same and we are human any amish person is human just like anybody else. And now that I say that, um, I remember as a young girl going to the store with my mom. And my mom had her black bonnet and her shawl on. And she's standing in a line waiting for something. And a little girl comes up and touches the side of her and says, are you real? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was it's absolutely kidding. amazing. Aww. Kids are really so honest, is, aren't they? Yes, yeah. absolutely. That was, that was a memory that we always laughed about because we, I mean, obviously, I'm sure people see that they have the black bonnets on. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and the dress and the horse yes, and buggy. Yes, just the, completely different. It is completely different. It, it's, it's a little startling if you're not used to it. It's also fascinating, I think, yes, as I said absolutely. before, because it's it's different. One of the things I love about other cultures are the things that you can learn. And so, again, thanks for being on the podcast with me. Tell me a little bit about your, just your, let's talk about your house right now, your family. Maybe we should start with your family. How many kids in your family? So I have three brothers and three sisters. Our family was three girls, three boys, and then last one was a girl. So we always got up early in the morning. And we had to work. Now, where are you in the lineup there? I'm actually second to the oldest. Okay, you're second to the oldest. Yes. So you have an older sister and then... The... I have an, yes, I have an older sister and then three brothers after that. I'm anyway. curious, and this is kind of off topic, but not, but are your brothers and sisters still Amish? Are your parents still Amish? Or My family, actually, we have, well, there's obviously seven of us. And of those seven, five of us have left the Amish. Okay. So um, I guess we're rebels. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked a little bit before about, about shunning and what shunning was like for you. But let's go a little bit further back in your life and talk a little bit about being raised in the Amish home, in the Amish culture. Tell me about your house, because I'm sure it was different from mine growing up. No electricity. Yeah, there was absolutely no electricity. And me growing up, we actually didn't have, like right now they have generators. Generators are everywhere. And their houses look a lot like my house. What do the generators run? They run um, a refrigerator or? Not refrigerators usually, but usually it's like the sewing machine, the lights. Mm-hmm. Some of them use it for lights. And if they don't have the generator for lights, they use the solar lights. So they have that washing machine. We use the ringer washer, which is, I would probably start there with describing the house a little bit. And that is, we would get up early in the morning I actually did not like to get up early in the morning, and I still don't. But <laughs> surprise, anyway, surprise. <laughs> uh, my mom was a person that would get up early in the morning, and I'm talking early as in three o'clock. Oh she my would goodness. get us up, and we would go do laundry. And by five o'clock, and I was so scared of the dark. So I would have to go out, hang the laundry on the line, and I always imagined panthers were after me for some reason, but I would run from the line to the basement because absolutely scared. But anyway, I never told her how scared I was because I wanted to be brave. But I would say from age eight, nine years old, we would get up and do laundry. And it was always early in the morning. So my mom's theory was 
you get up at three o'clock in the morning, you do the laundry, then you go to the garden. And by like 10 o'clock, you're free. You can go do whatever you oh, want then, after then that. Then you can go play. So the rest kids. of the okay. day was more of a free day then. And yeah, that's just how we grew up, which my mom actually had a lot of businesses as well. Well, she, not a lot of businesses, but she had a restaurant that she ran for a while and that was only on Tuesdays and then on special days sometimes in the evening. So we had to have our things done also to go do that with her. So you were not only working at home, you were working basically outside the home as well at times. Yes, at times we were. Yeah. What did your dad do? What was his... uh... My dad was usually working in a woodworking area somewhere. I know he worked at Wayne Dalton Garage Doors for a while. Actually, when we got up at three o'clock, I must say though, at that time he was feeding veal calves. And so he would get up at three o'clock. So the whole family was That was the idea to get up at three o'clock because dad got up at three, then everybody got up at three. So you kept on the same schedule. Did you go to school? I'm assuming you did. I did did go to school. Yeah. At what age did you go to school? I started school when I was six years old. I would have been in first grade. And And did you speak Pennsylvania Dutch in the home, I'm assuming? We did. We spoke Pennsylvania Dutch in, in the home. But when we went to school, we had to speak English. So how did you learn English? In school. In school. Yes. So you you grew up speaking Dutch, and then when you went to school, you began to learn English because they spoke English. Yes. And school was actually, you always had to talk English in school. You actually got in trouble after you were like in second grade or so, like first grade not, but second grade on up, you would get in trouble if you didn't talk English. If the teacher caught you talking Dutch, you would, unless it was Friday. So Fridays was always Dutch day. Oh, this is fascinating. Every Friday we were allowed to talk Dutch and boy, we were waiting for that day. Like it always made Friday special. And difficult. I'm I'm trying to imagine myself as a young girl speaking English and then suddenly going to school and having to speak French or Spanish or or Dutch, you know, whatever it is I had to do. That total immersion thing is kind of tough. It was. It was actually, I would say for the start of it, we were more Dutch and English. And I was always very, I would say, particular with how I spoke because our teachers taught us how to use the, I'm just going to be honest, the TH. Like my dad, he will say Sri. I do not like to hear that from my children or myself. I use the three. So that is something that we always struggled with in school was having to make that TH sound. Hmm, that pronunciation so if you, of that. If you hear Amish talking English, a lot of times they have that as an S. That's just something that always kind of bugged you and you <laughs> yeah, made sure you didn't I made do sure it. I didn't do it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Let's go back to your, your home. So you had a ringer washer. You didn't a have a generator when you were young, did you? We did not have a generator. We actually had a motor on our ringer washer in the basement. And we would have to start that motor every morning. Like, on a, like oh, You I'm, literally pulled on the string, oh. yes. A little Honda. I think it was a th- two by five horse, 2.5 horse or something like that. And this motor was loud. Like it was, and it gave off some fumes. Like, yeah. So we had an exhaust that would go outside. So you used the motor to run the ringer washer and then you hung the laundry on the line. Yeah, and so we no dryer. didn't have no dryer, no spinner actually. Right now the Amish actually have what they call a laundry spinner. So they put this, they wash their laundry in the ringer washer, they rinse it, put it through the ringer, which pushes out all the water that Mm -hmm. they, like just kind of squeezes it out. And then 
they now have a gadget that they have sitting there <laughs> and put their laundry in and spin it out, spin do the water out. look at that kind of thing and say, why did we have that when I was a kid? Yeah, I do. I actually had it as a, after I was married. I, I mean, last three years of being Amish, I had it. We actually had a washer and just used the spin cycle. So okay. Lots of people are doing that too. So it's I, absolutely amazing how they, you know. They're kind of inventive in how mm-hmm. they do that. So the washer, I assume, had some kind of motor or battery or something attached to that as no, well. No, they actually used the electric one. The generator would run. Okay, the generator back, runs back up. Back when I was little, we didn't have a generator. Gotcha. So. So now so they the, have the generators. So there, and now there they is can some change like coming to oh, yeah, the absolutely. community, probably in the same way it is in, in all culture, but maybe not quite as fast. Yeah, I would say definitely. Yeah. So that sounds a little bit more like you're talking about going to the garden and hanging clothes on the line. What was winter like? Was it the same kind of schedule? No. It's winters, usually, we would not get up quite as early. We were more allowed to sleep in in the morning, and then um, sleeping in, I'm talking about five, six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we'd get up, go do laundry, and we did laundry three times a week. So it was three times a week that we were getting up early to do laundry. Every Friday, we did all our cleaning. And uh, we had two huge gardens. So I guess we're talking about winters, so we're not talking about the garden right now. But I would say... Winners, oh, I remember what we did. Mom had a quilt. She always had a quilt in her living room in the winter, and we, at a very young age, learned to quilt. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was activity. It was There was work. always something to yeah. do. Sometimes when I think about Amish, I go to a stereotype of a farm, you know, maybe with a dowdy house and all of that. But did you grow up in a farmhouse, or was it no, out in the country? I actually did not have, we did not have a farmhouse. We actually had a... Oh, gosh, I think it was called a Cape Cod, something like that. I'm not sure, 100%. It was a three-story house, so we had all wood floors in the living room, and the house we lived in was considered a little fancy. It was all brick, and um, it had a fireplace in a li- in a family room. So there was a family room off to the side. You came in the front door. To your left, there was a family room, which we used as our sewing room, and during the winter, we would put all our furniture in there, and there's a fireplace there. So uh, that would be where our furniture would be while in the winter. On the To your right when you came in, that's where the quilt was in the big living room. And so that was always... I, so you sort of swapped rooms in right, a, in a right, sense. Right, yeah. for the winter. We could light the fireplace, which that was usually on special nights that we would light the fireplace because we did have a gas furnace. Okay, that, that, that was my heat. next question. How did you heat? So you had a gas we furnace? We had a gas furnace. We had a wood stove and the fireplace. We had no lack of heat. It yeah. was all depends on how we wanted to heat the house at that time. And there was actually an upstairs. So the upstairs had four bedrooms, a bathroom, and a what I would call hallway storage room. It was like a, a very narrow, long room that we would love to go in and dig through mom's things. <laughs> <laughs> what what was your kitchen like? What about appliances? We had a stove and a refrigerator. That was it. We had stove, refrigerator, and we had a, a refrigerator in the basement too, but we had no microwave mixers. I think we had a, I don't even know if we had a handheld mixer. We had a battery with an inverter. Okay. I almost think we had a handheld mixer at one time that we would run with the battery. How are the stove and the refrigerator run in with your house with a, as a child? Natural gas. Yes. Did you 
like one of the first homes we ever lived in had, you could see where the old gas lamps came out from, you know, oh. where they piped into the house. No, we actually did not have that. in as I was growing up, we had a, it was a handheld light. I don't know. I got one at my wedding and never used it. <laughs> Because I was always scared of them. Um, Layman's Hardware actually sells them right now. But it's like a, a gas tank. You put clear gas in it, and then you do the pumping. Light it? Flick a lighter to it, and it flames a little bit, has to heat up, and then it burns mandals. Now, did you did you use candles and stuff like that, too? Um, or? Not very many times. I mean, candles were more for scent. Like, we would use them for scent. For the most part, no, not for lighting. Well, and if you were getting up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking you went to bed fairly early and you really weren't worried about lighting. I actually light at was night. trying to remember what time we went to bed. <laughs> I know that I tell my girls right now that the time they spent washing dishes is amazing because we used to spend hours doing dishes. Just stick it in the dishwasher and it's done. Well, that is true. And we would spend, I mean, in a family, we would spend more time than needed because, like, sometimes at nine o'clock at night, we were still trying to get the dishes done and it's three girls well i guess four she was born in 88 so she wasn't too old the the latest one. one but the yeah my youngest sister but as far as like the dishes it was just a matter of not doing it just standing around and visiting and kind of sounds like just a normal <laughs> kid i mean absolutely <laughs> <laughs> now obviously no tv in the house no what what did you do in the evening for and this sounds crazy. I mean, my kids are like, what'd you do without phones? What'd you do without? And of course there were things that you did as a family, whether you played games or whatever it might be. I would say during the summer, we would work in the evening after dad came home from, from work. We would work till dark okay. and then we would go inside and, and maybe sit in the living room, but there were no cell phones. There was no one sitting on the couch with a cell phone in their face. Or a TV. That, or, mm -hmm. or a TV to watch. Like, there was nothing like that. Now, once we were teenagers, we had radios, but not, I mean, we weren't supposed to have them. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> confession time for Esther. <laughs> All your secrets will be revealed. <laughs> That's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> but, Last time you told us how you were driving cars when you weren't supposed to. So it's always fun when we have Esther on here. We find out new things all the time. Well, Esther, honestly, I so appreciate you being on here. And I'm going to have you back because I have a hundred more questions. Like, I want to know about school and I want to know about church and I want to know about weddings and I want to know about, you know, cooking and all, of, all kinds of things. So if you're willing, I'll have you back another day. I am definitely willing. All I right. don't mind at all. Okay, well, we'll look forward to it. It'll be Amish 101, folks. Join us right here on the podcast. And now it's time for Did You Know? Did you know that the Amish can raise a barn in less than a day? You may have read about historic barn raisings, and they are still done today in the Amish community. If someone has a need, such as a barn burning down or some other catastrophe, the whole community chips in to help, including non-Amish, also known as English. What used to be word of mouth now has more organization due to technology. Published in the Amish newspaper, The Budget, along with phone calls, the news is spread quickly and a large team is developed to begin the rebuild. This includes multiple contractors to direct the workers and make sure the project gets done right. In the hundreds of people involved, a fourth of them will be ladies who fix and prepare food for the day for the large group. Whole families come and share in this event, 
the older ones working and the younger ones observing. This is a day to learn the art of giving back to their neighbors. And now you know. 